0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Caffeinated Conversations. Uh, This is Megan. I'm riding solo today. No Kate, sadly. But, um, yeah, I hope you guys are just doing great. It's been a while since I did a podcast. Um, And we're trying out a new mic, so that's very exciting. But today I just wanted to talk about hope um, and our eternal hope as Christians. So I'm just going to open with a verse in Colossians. It's Colossians 3, 1 through 2. And it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So that verse does have a lot in it, and we're just kind of going to dissect it, I guess, and look at Old Testament and New Testament verses on hope. But before we do that, I just want to ask the question, what is hope? Like, what's the basic definition of hope in our brains? So think on that for a second, and then I'm going to read the definition. So according to Google, hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Now as Christians, I think we can still hold to this definition. It's just like changed a little bit in our brain. So it's like our feeling of expectation and our desire is for Christ to return or is for Christ, um, just his presence really. So I guess we don't really change it, but we add to it. Um, And then I have a few, like, just some stuff from the Old Testament, some Old Testament words and verses that give us, I think, a deeper understanding of hope. And I just want to preface with saying I am no, like, scholarly theologian who knows all this stuff. Uh, I got a lot of this stuff from, um, I think it's Bible... Bible definition or Bible seeking? I don't know. I'll put it in the description of this podcast because I really can't remember. Um, But yeah, just to say that biblical knowledge is out there and it doesn't just come naturally to us. You really have to seek it out. And I was reminded of that when I was looking up hope. So yeah, Um, there's three to four words Greek or Hebrew words that are used in the Old Testament referring to hope. The first one is, and I'm going to pronounce these terribly, Kawa, which is a sense of trust, um, trust in God specifically. The second one is Kwa, I really don't know how to pronounce it. It's Q W H, and that is um, the hope for Israel that the Lord is the hope of Israel. So we think of Israel in the Old Testament and how they kept falling away from God. And how Israel, they were God's chosen people. And because of their sin, they they continually had to um, repent from that sin and hope in God. That was a really loose um, explanation. But yeah, um, just that the Lord is the hope of Israel. And then the third and fourth one were Tiqua and Bata which are similar to the first one, kawah, similar to trust in God. Um, And then there were a few, few verses that I wanted to read that really help us understand these words and their definition. The first one was Psalm 25, one through three, which uh, uses the first Hebrew verb for hope, which is kawah. And that says, it's Psalm 25, 1 through three, which says, in you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. So those first two verses are really just like how straightforward they are. In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. So right there, it's saying, I trust you, God. And then the second set of verses were in Jeremiah, which I put a little tab marker down in my Bible. First one was Jeremiah 14, 8, which says, You who are the hope of Israel, its savior in times of distress. And that's referring to Israel's hope and how it's in god and then the second verse was jeremiah 14 8 which says or sorry i just read that one 1422, which says do any of the worthless idols of the nations bring rain do the skies themselves send down showers no it is you lord our god therefore our hope is in you for you are the one who does all this so this is a reaffirming that Israel's hope is in their God. And because in in the times of their sin, the beginning it talks about the worthless idols. In those times that Israel was in deep, deep sin, they picked worthless idols to worship over the one true God. Um, Whether it was golden idols or just a number of different things. So this this is just saying, um, turning away from that and saying, no, the Lord is our hope in whom we trust. So, and that is referring to the second Hebrew verb, which was quh, Q-W-H. Um, now, just an interesting fact that in the article I was reading says quh, the first verb, is used 27 times in the Old Testament. And it tells those, it's always, when it's used, it tells those present in suffering to wait to be patient or to endure. Um, And yeah, I think that's just a really good reminder for us as Christians in our times of distress and suffering. Just as people in the Old Testament were commanded, so are we. Um, So yeah, I think it's just as we dive into the Hebrew and like the true Hebrew and Greek words of the Old Testament, I think we can get a deeper understanding of Um, Christian phrases or words that are kind of thrown around, like hope. Like growing up, I would hear hope all the time. Hope in God, trust in God, and you just kind of, you agree with it. But I think we very rarely take the time to soak in what that all means. There was a verse in reference to that that I wanted to read. It was Psalm 41 through 5, which says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods." So this again is saying, this is speaking of, so David wrote this and David went through a lot of, a lot of different just crap, I guess, for a lack of a better term. And throughout David's suffering, towards the end of it, when the Lord gave him clarity, not even towards the end of it, even in the midst of it, he kept reminding himself, wait, my trust is in God. So since we now have a bit of a deeper or better understanding of the Old Testament word hope, I want to parallel that with New Testament hope and what Paul says about it in Colossians and 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Um, I think in the verses I'm going to read and when Paul refers to hope and in the Old Testament, it's reiterated time and time again that Hope and trust go hand in hand, and that's why we're commanded and we're told not to trust in riches or idols or foreign powers or military might or just other humans because those things are unstable. And the only sure and secure, confident, um, never moving hope is in God and should be in Christ alone. So the verse I wanted to reread was in Colossians, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So coming back to that, hope and trust. Because when we hope in earthly things, when we hope in our riches, in our wealth, in those around us, in our relationships or the future prospect of a family, when we hope in those things, they will let us down. And it's so its so crucial in our walks, I would say, to remind ourselves of that and to evaluate where we're putting our hope and our trust. Because I've been slipping into putting my hope in earthly things. And I see that having an immediate effect on my attitude towards Whatever it may be, towards work, towards family, towards myself. So I think it's so important to daily go over and evaluate where our hope lies. There, The verse in 2 Corinthians that I wanted to read says, it's 2 Corinthians 3.16, and it says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's such an important reminder because because our hope is on eternal things. Whatever happens in this earth really shouldn't affect us. It does, and I'm guilty of it but it's like that's why that's why our joy can be immovable. It can be secure and not dependent upon our circumstances because our hope is on heaven. I think one way we can tell when our hope is wrongly placed in something is when we are never satisfied. When we are constantly striving towards one thing or even hopping from this thing to another. And we keep searching and diving into that and saying, just kind of getting frustrated and saying, why isn't this giving me what I want? Why isn't this giving me what I was expecting it to give me? And that's where our expectations really deceive us because they tell us, oh, once you acquire this thing or once this desire is satisfied, you, you're you going to be fine and you're going to be full. But that's directly where the lie is found. And we need to redirect that to say these things will not satisfy me and the only thing that will satisfy me and the only place where my worth is found is in Christ. And then once we can start from there, we can go to those things with open arms and with full hearts to say, instead of saying, what can I gain from this? We're saying, how can I serve this? Or how can I better this? Or what can I contribute to this? So it's, it's a, It's really a mindset shift. And because those things we desire aren't bad, it's just the root of the desire is what can be bad. So coming back to hope, we have to ask ourselves, what does hope look like in my everyday life? For me, that means a change in attitude. It means a patient heart, a loving heart, a joyful heart that's ready and able to serve because when i think when we become lethargic and just drained and our reaction to serving is oh i just don't have the energy for that i think we are not in a heavenly mindset we're not saying this earth is not my home I have an eternal glory waiting for me and i want others to have that eternal glory like then our heart is going to be joyful and ready to just like be in action so yeah it looks like coming back to that question what does hope look like in our everyday lives it looks like reminding ourselves daily that this life is not everything there is we eagerly await the return of christ and our heavenly home that our work on this earth can be done in joy, boldness, love, and we know that it is not done in vain, which brings me to the last verse or set of verses that I wanted to read in 1 Corinthians 16 what is it 16 I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 15:50 50 to 58, which says I declare to you brothers and sisters that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable the mortal will, the, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your sting? Where, O oh death, is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So the beginning of that passage is definitely kind of a tongue twister. It's talking about imperishable, perishable, um, eternal, non-eternal. And it's essentially saying the, the amazingness of the gospel is that the immortal or immortal, the those that would perish without Christ have the opportunity and privilege of eternal life and it it i love where it says where o death is your victory where o death is your sting cuz it's saying you have no power over those in Christ because they are a new creation and just to bring this full circle coming back to the hope we talked about in the Old Testament and where we put our trust, we need to remind ourselves, coming back to this, that our hope is in Christ and our eternal home, heaven. And when we get so stuck in the lull of this world, in the day in, day out, go to work, see family, eat dinner, um, text people, when we get stuck in that pattern of life, it becomes so incredibly dull, and we need to stop and look at our surroundings and remind ourselves of the gospel and how amazing it is that we can be a part of it, that we as sinful, mortal humans can go before the throne of God, go in boldness and confidence and say, because of the blood of Christ, I am a new creation, and I can, I can have the hope of heaven not only the hope of heaven when we reach heaven but the hope of heaven in this earth as we live as the days go by through our work through our family through our relationships we can bring heaven into those things which make them so much richer and so much more filling because it's not those things that are filling us but Christ working through those things so I just wanted to use this time to remind myself of that because I feel myself falling into the pattern of day in day out work get frustrated at certain things that don't go my way or I'm not satisfied with my life and it's just like this morning, I wanted to take the time to tell myself and remind anyone that's listening, there, this world is not all there is to offer for you. There is eternity to think about and to bring into this earth, which makes us, like I was saying, just so much more full and joyful and, and satisfied. And yeah, I want to end with, a. Uh, quote from the article I used, and the article was uh, Bible study tools. The quote says, Hope leads to joy, boldness, and faith and love. Hope also leads to comfort. We are to encourage one another with the knowledge of the resurrection. Though boasting in our works is disallowed, we may boast or exult in hope of sharing God's glory Hope has a sanctifying effect. We who look expectantly for the return of Christ, knowing that when we see him, we shall become like him, purify ourselves as he is pure. Hope also stimulates good works. Following his teaching on the resurrection of the dead, Paul exhorts his readers to do the Lord's work abundantly, since such labor is not in vain. So I want to leave you with remembering everything in this world is empty without christ so remind yourself of the eternal glory that awaits us and as paul says that hope that burns up inside of us should therefore push us to do good works unto the lord and that labor will not be done in vain because it's done unto the lord So I hope this was an encouragement to you. Um, I even hope that you may have got some conviction from it, because I know I did when I was reading scripture and reading this article. So, yeah. May the Lord bless you and be with you all the days of your life. Adios.